Welcome back, Bo. Back on the show again. This is Bo's Head Radio, Walter Craig and the Haas. Walter and Craig are uh, out today, so it's just the Haas and Bo. And Boner. And Boner, dude. How you doing, Boner? B-E-A-U-N-E-R. B-A-U-N-E-R. B-E-A-U. B-E-A-U. Like the Frenchman's. Like the Frenchman's. You're yeah. fancy. Fancy Bo, dude. So, we were just watching... What movie were we just watching? What were those guys' names? It was, uh... Talking about Bernie's. Talking about Bernie. It's the two bad. guys. It's a movie with the, uh... It's a movie where the guy, the, bur- like, boss in New York is dead, and then they're at their Manhattan beach house, and they're just, uh... Trying to pretend like he's alive. I don't know why they got stuck. I mean, like, seriously, if you were in that situation, yeah. you show up and you're in your boss, or, like, the owner of the house is just dead on the couch... Like what would you what what would you do? Like I'd fucking just dip. I'd be like, oh god, I don't know what to do. It depends on the situation. Actually, I'd probably like call. those guys' thing about like where they were at in the movie. Like they were. It sounded like from what Hank said that they were like very low in the company, so they didn't yeah. really have a spot there anyways. They just went there and went along with it, and they're all laughing through everything. They thought it was hilarious. Yeah, well, they found what he was, how he was embezzling money. Oh, see, I missed yeah. a lot of the so, plot of that movie. I got so it. that guy, so the boss called the hit on the young dudes, but then someone else called a hit on him, and so he got killed, and these young dudes show up who don't have a spot at all. You know? Oh, shit. So they called the hit on things. It was a great movie, dude. There was a lot of allegories. It seemed like it. There's a lot of stuff in that movie. You know? There's, there's, some, there's some crazy shit about movies, man. Yeah, dude. Tell me about it. You're a, you're a film major at MSU, which is a phenomenal program. I don't think... Like, phenomenal. Phenomenal. A program phenomenal. Program phenomenal. I don't think that I've been as interested in stuff as much as media and um, film, whether it's music, art, any form of art, film, there's just some awesome stuff. And especially like going into this film program and learning the deeper meaning behind most movies and that every movie has a some kind of hidden um, message to it. You can look at the face value of any movie um, take Bird Box. How overlooked yeah, that movie could have Bird been. Box, dude. Oh and my how god. Overlooked that that movie was Sandra and underlooked. Bullock. Every, oh my god. But mostly because so of that hot, reason. So Sandra Bullock's been getting shitted on. I don't know. For why. that movie? No, yeah. Or because it was like a Netflix film. I think it was just like a Nickelback type thing. Like that a movie. Nickelback. Just, just Netflix making the movie and people receiving it the way they did. Like. Everybody's crazy about it. Everybody go see Bird Box, watch Bird Box, watch Bird Box. And then there's the people that are like, well, because all you guys like it so much, this movie sucks. Yeah. We're going to make that a meme. That movie, I've been so crazy about that movie and how it was. That movie, how they attacked. Okay, so isolation. Like the first thing in in the movie, it opens up and there's Sandra Bullock and there's. Um, Sarah Paulson, there's the sisters. Yeah, the, right. She's dope. She's in everything. Who? She was in the O.J. Simpson trials. Yeah, she, American Horror Story. American her, Horror Story, her, like big 
was that her claim to fame? That's her American big Horror thing. Story? And then the O.J. Simpson trial was She's directed a good by good fucking actress. O.J. Simpson was written and directed by Ryan Murphy, who is the director and writer of American Horror Story. Oh, really? So he so used that's a lot why of the cast yeah. crossover for that. Oh, as really? he does in yeah. As do a lot of directors do that? Story. No. And that's cool as shit. And a lot of directors also don't do the, the American Horror Story thing of, of you're going to be one character this season, you're going to come back next season, you're going to be a different character. Have you seen... No, I've never watched it. American I really Horror should. Story? I really should get into so it. So every it's, like, se- it's not sequential. The season one is about a house. Uh, I'll leave it at that. The second yeah, one's yeah. about an asylum. The third one's about... A coven, the fourth one's about so a the carnival. characters come back in, which is something that doesn't but normally not the happen. characters. The, the actors, the actors, yeah. the actors come back as different characters. characters. And then, so then that gets into a whole bunch of confusion, which is now probably coming to the conclusion of what his theme is. He's crossing over seasons in what started as, like, we never knew if it was going to be a, a joint universe like Marvel and stuff like that, but now we know... Mm-hmm that all these things are crossing over. Certain characters are coming into different seasons when mm-hmm. their actor already played a different character, so you know. And are, are characters like Scarlett Johansson in the like Marvel movies, like, is there a, a stigma with, like, I'll use Sandra Bullock going to Netflix. Is there a stigma between, like, or, like, I don't know, I watched Entourage, and they were like, okay, you're a movie star, you don't do TV, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, do a lot of actors, is that actually a thing where, like, movie stars, like, that they will not ever become a TV star because they're worried about it, like, ruining their career? Like, once you go TV, it's like going to the Browns, you know what I mean? Like, once you go to the Browns, you end up retiring. Or I guess not now, you know, they got OBJ, but... It's changed so much more than you'd think. So now, the crossover is they're starting in film and then going to TV. Because mm-hmm. TV is now like the... That's Why the place to that? make money. You'll get locked into a whole season. Think about how much work that is to do an entire season with that and how many people are going to be paying subscriptions to watch that when they're already paying mm-hmm. for it. You're getting money from those... Um, so like CBS, a show on CBS... You're getting paid as an actor for ratings and just being on that network because it's been bought by that network already. You get paid by the ratings? How does that work? Ratings matter in just reception of a show like is going to obviously matter how much like you get paid off of because if people think it sucks, then it's you're not going to be featured on advertisements. You're not going to be featured at the Super Bowl well, at like certain places where advertisements need to be do up. Do you... Uh, so that 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 kind of like uh, intrigues actors into like wanting to like do their best, right? I, think I mean, what, I guess I guess they're getting paid e- either way. I think what intrigues actors is developing a character where you can't do that in two hours. A show is going to be at least nine hours of content oh, per yeah. season. If you're if actors are going in want to be want to exploit themselves, I think a lot. Is what it's about going in, because they can truly become like you can truly become a character, and then should you add that on for eight more seasons? Now yeah. everybody loves Jax from Sons yeah. of Anarchy. Yeah, or everybody, everybody, everybody is all over that character, and that's what's going to make those ratings of that show goes up. That the, the relationship that the audience has with the character, 
not necessarily because of what actor it is, mm-hmm. but because he had that time to make that relationship happen. So then actors become renowned for, in particular, like, particular characters. Like, I remember I saw this, I forget what actor it was, but he was, like, the criminal in all the James Bond movies. Or not the James Bond movies, but, like, the Jason Bourne movies, dude. And I went, I saw him at, like, a book signing or something, and I was like, yo, fuck that guy! I was like, I fucking hate that guy! You know, even though he was just the actor. But he's played a villain in so many movies that you're just, like, you know, like, you kind of, like, it. so, like, that's a thing, right? People, I mean, kind of get a niche, a niche, a niche, niche in the market. And they kind of just embrace that. I mean, right? Like, so you kind of find what you're good at, and you literally do whatever, you know. So and that's how that's and that's how it'll go with uh, like a Mark Strong or a mm-hmm. Mark Strong from like he's in Kickass and Kingsman Mark movies, and you can already see he's kind of niching it down to that. Then he keeps doing things like that. Brothers Grimsby, he's the bad guy, kind of. He's the badass dude. The Jason Statham. Um, Tom Cruise, they're getting at their own thing. And then you know what movie you're going to. You know what mm-hmm. you're going to see. You're going to see Tom Cruise do some wacky-ass, like, stunt moves and stuff. But then, I mean, that that there's a cutoff there, too. Look at Jake Gyllenhaal. That dude has done everything. Mm. He's, he's, he's acted in like, Donnie Darko being, like, very dark, like, cult films to going to... God, I don't. You can name tons of big Hollywood movies that he's done. Brothers, I, I, I can't even tell you. He's he's working on the new Spider Man, while making his own independent films, starring in his own independent films, writing, directing. He's got everything under his belt, and half the half of us would even realize what he's doing because he's doing what's called independent, which means it's not being bought by Viacom's Paramount. Uh, Fox, they're not buying that stuff, so we don't see it as yeah. much. But they're do they're out there. Do there's so many people that are out there trying to change that stuff up and make big differences in film with that. And if you got the money to do it, then do that it. That really is what it is. I mean, like look at like Will Ferrell's last movie. What was it? Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Holmes you, and Watson. Yeah. What do you yeah. think about that? Holmes and Watson. I didn't see it. You didn't see it. No. I heard it was just fucking terrible. But at the same time, I'm almost like he's at a point. He's at a point where he can just kind of put out whatever the fuck he wants. Mm-hmm. His name is so valuable that... But imagine if he tried to do something else. When he, Well, he did do something. He was pretty successful with that one movie, all slow and shit. And, mm. You know what I mean? Like, that. his one movie... The suicidal, yeah. Yep. Yeah, the suicidal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was pretty good at that. I, I think, I, you he know... Was. And that's what I was going to say, though, is, like, imagine if he did something different. The reception could be... Shit. People could hate it. Or they could be like, oh, my God. Same thing as Jim Carrey. He did that same thing. He went to a super serious, weird, dark movie. And then, like, we know where he's going now. Jim Carrey. He's dude. done some yeah, weird he's, shit He's now. back to 50-year-old version and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. That's some crazy shit, man. Jim I, Carrey did some weird shit to get into his mindset for roles, too. That, that's something crazy. There's people that have... Done some like remarkable things. Like The Grinch, he said that that was his least favorite movie because it took him on such a weird turn emotionally. I can see that. I can see. Do you watch American Horror Story? No. Um, well, Evan Peters is like the main character in American Horror Story most seasons, mm-hmm. and he is 
He said he's he's sitting a season out um, because of what his last two roles have done to him. Hmm. And that's something crazy to think about, like what we're like what actors have to do mm-hmm. to depict a false idea of like so like the last season of American Horror Story with people basically just starting a political cult because Trump won Mm -hmm. and all the shit around that and he was in charge of that meaning like he challenged his own he was gay in it he was bisexual in it he was doing weird weird things like with his body with his everything and that like that's scary we have to like change like the 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 vision of the director or the writer has to match the actor has to match that Mm -hmm. and however animated that is it's terrifying. The new Joker movie that's coming out, everybody that's done the Joker has done some weird mm. stuff to prepare for that. Jared Leto isolated himself on an island for two months with nobody else there. Enough food and stuff, but enough to get by. There's some weird stuff to get ready for those roles, and Jared Leto sucked as the Joker. Nobody liked him. Everybody. That's why they're moving on to Joaquin Phoenix. Really? There's a trailer for that new Joker movie. And you can tell, like, that guy That guy is the pinnacle of method acting and what it means to take a role that's already preconceived. Um, that trailer, you can see him. What is method acting? So taking, um, you know, I got it mixed up with, so there was method acting and then role, let me make sure, method acting, and then there's role playing. And then there's... But method acting, I'm pretty positive, is, like, working off of... Um, so, like, playing Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. Or playing... Um, a pre, a preconceived... Thing, like, yeah. or, like, something that's already established. Something that's not, like... So like, hey, like, hey, we have this role for you, but you're also the first one to, like, embody it right. and embrace it. And, like, you are kind of the only one that's going to, like, represent, like, what we've created in our heads and put on, to, like, this storyboard. Right. You know? And so, like... And so, but when all of a sudden you got someone acting out Elvis and you're like, holy shit, like, okay, I got to become the Elvis who was that, who everyone knows that kind of, that, that, I mean, I guess I could see where that, I mean, I guess I really don't know how much goes into like becoming an actor for like a certain role because like, you know, I guess you have to like get big or get small or, you know, there's so, I mean. But locking yourself on an island, I mean, holy fuck, dude, is that, like, what's, like, the, is that even the craziest thing that you've ever heard of an actor doing to get ready for a role, or is there, are there, like, what what are, like, the craziest shit you've ever heard of an actor doing? There's, like, a lot of weight loss ones, you know, Mm -hmm. like, where they get so skinny, like, Tom Hardy gained, I love Tom Hardy, dude. Tom Hardy gained 50 pounds in two and a half months. To play Bane, the Batman movie. I mean, yeah. to change, and it changed his voice tone, it changed his everything. There's, I mean, like, if we look up, yeah, Heath Ledger, <laughs> I guarantee, is, if you look up method acting on Google, it says method acting Heath Ledger is what's, and, yep, yeah, and, and, yeah, it says I'm looking at you, Jared Leto. Maybe I got it mixed up. So, Danny Day-Lewis... Um, when he was in The Godfather, no, for the film My Left Foot, in which he played Christy Brown, a paralyzed artist, he refused to leave a wheelchair, even offset. 
He spent six months living in the wild and only ate animals that he killed himself as a sustenance. These examples are just the typical day. So that's number nine. These examples are the typical day. (laughs) Not good. So this is Heath Ledger. Like this is when when he did the Joker. Obviously, you can't have a list of great method actors without Heath Heath Ledger. People didn't like Heath Ledger, right? No. Oh yeah, they loved him. Oh, they loved him. They loved Heath Ledger. Okay, so this is what as an actor, maybe not as a person. I don't know. But I mean, he was he was that was him. Oh yeah, yeah, he was good. Yeah, yeah. He's like it was something for me. Holding himself up, holding himself up in his apartment for a few months, on end, and running two hours, running on two hours of sleep a night to put him in the manic, chaotic shoes of the Joker. So he stayed up for two hours, two hours a night for four months, and they didn't tell him to do that. That was him wanting to be the Joker. Natalie Portman and Black Christian, and I guarantee Heath Ledger's going to be on here somewhere. Nope, this is number one to prepare for for her role, Hilary Swank. Spent a full month living as a boy to get into the proper headset of playing because she was a transgender in her character. And there's some crazy stuff that people have done. So then what, they finished the movie and they're like, oh, I'm just, I'm done. I mean, I, I bet, well, I bet. Well, that's, but that's, yes, that's what it takes is like. Cause but now they're like, they're so much, they make so up. much fucking money though. Yeah. Like they pay a nutritionist. They pay a, a weightlifter. I mean, like. You know, you kind of, like, I respect them, but, you know what I mean? I know when they're holding out. Like, I'm sure starving sucks. But when you're getting told exactly what to eat every single day to, like, do what you want to do, I mean, like, I'd be... You know what I mean? I start because I'm fucking broke, right? And that's tough, though, eat because out. that's when it gets into, like, the acting part. Because you can't train how to be the Joker. You can't have somebody there telling you what to do when you're trying to be the Joker. You're not... Yeah. He literally locked himself away for four months. And didn't want, didn't talk to anybody. Slept two hours. He got food. Probably had it brought to him. I don't know. But you can't have those interruptions of safety or anything like that when you're supposed to be doing something other. What do they bring him to the set in like a casket? Like, hey, don't move. Stay in your mindset. We're gonna put you in a casket. It's scene. mostly up to the actor, and you can see if there's a there's a thing on Netflix. Um, Jim and Andy. When Jim Jim Carrey was remaking um, Andy, oh, I forgot what's his last name. Um, he was he was one of the best comedians of like of all time. Andy Andy something. Andy Samberg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Andy, <laughs> Andy uh, Jim and it was, it, but he uh, he his role was he had to get into Andy. I'm trying to find. The internet's just crazy in here. I know, right? We're in a corner basement. Let me see. Okay, it's, it's Andy. Uh, what's his last name? Andy Kaufman. So he was. Uh, Jim Carrey was making. A, they were making a movie called Man on the Moon, and it was uh, an autobiography of of Andy Kaufman's life. Andy Kaufman just lived by nobody, nobody's rules. Like, he was on talk show hosts. He was just odd. He had very awkward comedy, like, dark comedy. And it was it was awesome. But So Jim Carrey embodied that character, and he came to set every day. He brought strippers to the set, to the movie set, to shoot Man on the Moon, and he did not leave the character of Andy Kaufman for five months. He was Andy Kaufman. 
And so there were people in there. What do you tell your wife? Like, hey, I'm going to be a... <laughs> if you have one, yeah. No, if you... <laughs> yeah, that's true. And that's, like, kind of the thing. Like, what do you look at actors, them? too. Yeah. Like, they don't. Because they, they, you can't... Actors and stuff like that, you can't put your spouse through all that shit. Like, yeah. Like, that serious. But there's a lot that don't. And, and so, yeah, Jim Carrey, like, he... He for five months did this role and he they had somebody a film a filmographer just doing just filming the, how the movie was shot filming the set of the movie yeah and then they now Paramount said we do not want this to be released we don't want anybody to see it because then nobody's gonna come see your movie and th- that's all in the documentary Jim Kang or Jim Carrey's manager saying hey they're shutting down all this footage because we it can't be released. 25 years later, it's on Netflix now. But it's Jim Carrey acting as Andy Kaufman. He comes, he brought strippers to the set. He came with a, a, a brown bottle, a bag bottle every day. He was drunk. He was fucked up. Like, he was throwing bottles at people's trailers. But he was Andy Kaufman. And that's why that movie's so good. But there was oh nobody telling him how he needed to do that, how he needed to... Act how he needed to. He just he just, he just knew did how it. To yeah, be Andy Kaufman. And like what he signed the papers. Like, hey, we're gonna you're gonna act this role, and then what? You just turn immediately. Go. I'm getting strippers. Mm-hmm. Like you're just like, oh my god. Okay, I'm he Andy. Did. He, what do you thought Andy would have done in that situation? Just a mound of cocaine and strippers, and just been like, what? all right, here we go. <laughs> I mean, some so some of these roles. So like the guy who did. The multiple personality disorder guy, uh, what was his name? James McAvoy. Yeah. What the fuck did that guy have to do to get into that? I mean, is something like that, I mean, that's like, does he shoot it like a thousand times to get one? Yeah, probably, but that takes, that takes learning, that takes psychology. So he's a... Of knowing how those people are. Because really, like, acting is all about, like... Somebody didn't tell him. Your audience isn't going to believe your character unless it's true. You have to embody that character, disease, or that that malfunction, or that mental that disorder. He when he goes on set, he is Barry. He is Kevin. He's uh, whatever their names were. was a little yeah I don't think I could be an actor like that I don't think I could do it but he would have to go in and know the psychology and how those people work to make that believable because it's not believable one bit and he obviously made it very very believable because it was incredible it was incredible we did that it was fucking creepy dude I was pretty creeped out after that but you even think I about that. I get creeped jobs. out a lot, but that shit fucking creeped me out. Yeah. Like the way he does that. I don't know, dude. It, it it's it's watching the same person. It's almost like your nightmare, dude. It's like you know what I mean? Because you have dreams, you have nightmares of like people you know that are acting different. They're acting yeah. you know what I mean? Like you're my worst nightmares when my mom grabs me and like yeah, screams and becomes a demon. Like that was like as a as a child, you know what I mean? My mom is beloved and I you know what I mean? And and it was always, like, the embodiment of, like, what I love. Because, I don't know. Maybe I'm fucked up in the head. I don't know. Like, I've always had some nightmares like that. Oh, but it, it seemed to become, like, that alternate personality, like, of the person you know or you believe or you, that you love then becomes someone else. I mean, that kind of hit it right on the point. It creeped me the fuck out, dude. I was like, holy shit. I mean, that's a good, like, guide for a horror movie. That's what it I, is. That's what I'm... What I'm 
Are you, just you're in, big, you just wrote a paper on yeah, horror. So what big, is that your shit? Big paper on big, yeah, about, big paper guy. About yeah, big paper. Guy. Big paper guy over here. It's, in it school. was about um, horror and truth and realism and how we would overlook um, how the the Freddy movies and Halloween um, and and the Jason movies about a bunch of teenagers showing up to a place to have fun and that those movies were about pushing morals <laughs> in a post-era post-war era like pushing teenage morals and how you notice that every 80s slasher film is a really hot teenage girl usually that's like left at the end and that usually like survives it and there's I don't know there's so much stuff that goes behind my, I, I, what I wrote it about was like women empowerment in in eighties slasher films and like how that the dynamic of of the last girl and how the last one that's always alive is a very strong willed girl who's off by herself like doing her thing because her boyfriend just got his ass like his throat pulled out of his ass like in the next room mm-hmm. but she's strong enough to not have that happen to her as she escapes. Women are awesome. That was the goal of those movies <laughs> that was like really the goal and now we're, we've evolved into Jordan Peele making that Get Out movie where he is challenging yeah he's dude challenging everything that's ever been put into horror though fucking the previews of that shit creep me out the dude. previews yeah exactly and this, that's where that's that's something like I would love to go into that kind of I mean that guy was trailers. fucked up dude I mean yeah. What about, yeah, that Us movie, too? Us is, yeah, and that's a new one. That, that that needs a little... I need to watch that again, too. That movie was more about... It was less about race. Uh-huh. It was more about just our own inner demons, is uh-huh. what it was... What that movie meant. But, like, and I, I don't have a whole lot of research on what that was. I I, I, I was too drunk when I watched it. <laughs> that happens, dude. Yeah. That happens sometimes. But, I mean, you know? this, that Get Out movie, man, like, what that did, how Jordan Peele ends this movie and, like, how it, how he had no sexy camera angles. He had no uh, overdone things. He just, he literally, he, it cost four million, it cost four million dollars to make that movie. Mm-hmm. Average film in America costs forty to sixty million, and it made two hundred and thirty-five million off of four million dollars. Uh, that's hard to say the least. Like what he did, the minimalism of that movie, and what he he wanted you to know this plot. He threw in a little extra stuff in the sunken place and in the hypnotism stuff, but just to push the point. But he made that a very, very cheap... His his studio did not believe in him. It's the second movie that he had to make. And they were like, well, sorry. You hey, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to make you a shit ton of money. That's like, what he, but that's what he that's said. That's a weird his, fucking his industry obstacles. to be like, fuck you. Right. But yeah. he said he just I'm gonna took make it you a millionaire. because you're not going to say, well, sorry, Paramount. I need that. Yeah. it's You're not going to. And it was, time, it was Warner that he was working with on this. So he... It said that every so that the take the 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 house party scene. Yeah. Remember when all the people are out in that the party out in the lawn, in in Get Out. Yeah, they're all out there and it's really awkward for him. He wanted a hundred people, and they said no way we can pay for that. So he was like, well, I think it'll do fine with fourteen then. And it makes a better scene because of how he did that. He just had to get around it, 
But what I'm saying is like how he <laughs> Dude, that's changed good. I mean, the system of how it should it's classic he, negotiation. They didn't give him enough, and that just gives you enough points to tell you about what that movie might be about. Yeah. Misrepresentation. This is a black director. That's not very often. That in really? remember, film has been around for a hundred years. About period. That's it's the shortest for living form of media that there is. Is film. Pictures, art, drawing, painting, yeah, that's all yeah. been around. It, in all of, there are very little, there's very little black representation in horror, and that's what I have noticed in this. In horror, Think about yeah, any horror, horror movie where, where there, a bunch of kids go to a camp, there's one black guy there usually, he's killed second, if not first. Well, fuck, yeah. you lost your black audience. Because yeah. that matters to them. And this is the stuff that I'm trying to realize. Is that, so now, the turnaround of how he does this movie is the race. Obviously, the racism and how the, the environment is to make you realize how it is. There's, there's. He goes and he's talking to some white people, and they're like, um, he's like, oh, you you play golf? And he's like, oh, Chris, the black guy. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, oh, I know Tiger. Just anything <laughs> yeah. that they can do. But that's yeah. like that's. Probably, I mean, I'm not black, but that's probably pretty standard. You gotta find something yeah. to talk about with because this human that's a different skin color is a complete like no, they're just a fucking human. It's just the same, but people don't realize that still in, in this post Obama era where racism is now gone because we yeah. have a black we had a black president bullshit. It it's an it's just an awkward situation now, kind of. Well, you you notice that. Uh, I, I get where you're going at with that, but also, too, like, the Asian representation in media kind of has been, like, it's always been, like, that weird Asian dude, and, oh, yeah. and he's, he always plays that weird character in the background yeah. that's really funny, or, like, yep. you know what I mean? That's so weird. they like, the so out of India place. that are yeah. Uber drivers. Exactly. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's, it, I mean, the, they play that, like, generic role where you go back between, like, you know, like, hey, like, but, like, that's, like, real life, though. Like, you know what I mean? So you can't really knock them for, like, just trying to... You know, how, how do you be a producer and, and be like, hey, I have to go about filling this cast, and I know it's going to be super awkward and racially, or like, you know what I mean? Like, but, attack stereotypes. But is it okay in film, though? Is it okay? Is, it's okay to be... Welcome. It's to welcome a, to attack be Attack stereotypes. Not like racist, but like play the... like. Yes. Because yes, you've got to play them. the race card... There's kind of to get an emotion like the exactly. real way, right? You're trying to resemble use something real. Sat- I would use satire if I was if I was grabbing. So there's like you watch. Well, when sex- it's awkward, I laugh. Let me tell you, yeah, because I don't know what else the fuck and to it do. Makes, it makes like you watch Sex Drive. Seth uh, Seth Green had a character in that he plays an Amish guy, <laughs> and he shows up on a carriage, and he rolls up with horses, literally pulling around, and your main characters are pulled over on the side of the street with their GTO that's that's shit like shot. Not moving. Yeah. So this guy comes up, Seth Green comes up on a carriage, and he's like, oh, hey, how's it going? He's like, oh, well, I needed some help. Like, the main character's like, I need some help, but, I mean, and he points at the horses. And so the guy's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I mean, because of that, like, I wouldn't know anything about cars. Like, I wouldn't know anything about that, like, 79 GTO fastback, like, all yeah. the names, the whole cars. And he's like, but I don't know, that's just some alien stuff to me. I'll see you later, you robot. And he just, like, goes <laughs> away, like, as if Amish people don't know anything. And now they get in the car, they go, and he was like, the other main character, he's, he's like, I mean, like, thanks, you, like, thank you for helping me. That's, like, really helpful. And the Amish guy's like, yeah, I might be one of the nicest people you've ever met. 
and just like giving just attacking every single stereotype that you can go after yeah. and like that they don't know technology yeah. that they don't know and it's the best it, the, there's a new movie called Stuber coming out um, the driver of the Uber is an Indian guy he was in um, he was in the new Twilight Zone that Jordan Peele is producing and hosting mm-hmm. the director of Get Out and uh, you just know what that Wait, movie's going to be. Keenan Peele? So Jordan Peele is the creator, yes, oh of Get Out. Like the funny guy. Us. Yeah. That's the point, man. Like, And that's what I was going to... I'll go off of Stuber, but that that's what I was going to get at is like what he did with that movie that now you have that turnaround. Yeah. The last... the, the It's called in, in horror in the film industry, it's called The Last Girl is what it means when the literally just means the last person that is alive. It doesn't even have to be a girl. Yeah. It means the last girl because in horror it's always been a girl. Because yeah. horror is often driven with sexual tendencies of teenage boys that are outcasts. They feel that they're an outcast just as much as Michael Myers or Freddie are an outcast. Can't get in with those girls, so they kill them. And they do weird things, but yeah. it's the closest that that outcast can get with talking to the popular girls, or that it was all driven to adolescence and how that, so how that Jordan how that new movie like worked out like that you have the last girl now, the the literal last girl in the movie is being strangled in the middle of the street by the hero of your movie. Chris, the black guy in that movie, mm-hmm. he just killed the whole family. And now he's strangling the last girl in the street. Perfect. Yeah, you just made an awesome movie. And at the Golden Globes, get this. This is what he. This is what I ended my paper with as well. They had him nominated for best comedy or musical. That's what they said the genre of that movie was. And Jordan Peele's reply, he replied in a tweet, he said, it's a documentary. That's what he said. The, the seriousness, how serious that movie was taken and received by media when black people have been misre- misrepresented in movies. You have, there's a movie called Candyman in 92. I could go on so many movies where the black person is the horror. They're the wrong. You In Night of the Living Dead, you don't know whether... The horror is all the zombies outside, or it's this fair-skinned blonde girl with a black guy in a house. Because in 1950-something, you didn't know if that dynamic, you, you were on edge about both things. Oh my god, that girl's in a house with a black guy. It was scary for people then. Like, that's, in that, those movies that make you challenge that idealism is yeah. what, what is needed. And, like, it's... There's some crazy and with, so with they how shoot black the people have been represented. They shoot they shoot the challenge that that uh, almost I mean obviously they're challenging stereotypes kind of. Yeah. But they're also challenging like that uh, representation. Yeah, of like what people actually think, but then they're like, hey, like <laughs> like they show something and you're like, oh, that's not really how it is. Ha <laughs> yeah. But then you're like, so then we're classifying as a com- as a and, and comedy or musical means comedy because they 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 joint that into one category. So comedy or musical, yeah. And so they were considering a, his movie a comedy, and yes, it's funny. It's got some, but it's absolutely not a comedy. Yeah, it's a psychological thriller is what it is. But they don't have that category at the Golden Globes, obviously. But like, why not horror? Why not drama? Why not? I, it was what just so won confusing. horror that year. Huh? Do you know who won horror that year? Like what? In what? Well, I'm Go, like they, they, instead Jordan, of going with what won, he had, 
In the Golden Globes, Jordan Peele is sure. the is the shorter guy, right? Yep. Wow, dude, he's fucking. That's crazy. He's, he's done. So he's done three movies now. He like did he's Keanu first. It was about a two a, hit men that like they get their cat stolen. So they got oh, a bunch yeah. of like, big gang and kill I, all I the didn't see that one. Gang. I didn't see it yet. I gotta see it. But yeah, he has, yeah, Get Out and then Us just came out and he's got he's tied for third. Do you, is do they gotta be kind of fucked up? In the head. I mean, kind of like, not like not like fucked up in the head. They just have like dreams that they want to put on paper. I can see that. They get an idea and they run with it. Or are you sitting there telling me, you're telling me how actors get into these modes. I mean, do producers, do directors, like, do you get these guys that it's try to come up with ideas that are just like, and like, hey, I'm going to do meth for four weeks and see if I come up with an idea for a movie and that's fucking I dumb and dumber, you know what I mean? foundations like have been laid and a lot of what's going on right now is working off of the foundations that have been laid by um, Hitchcock, Fassbender, early pioneers of the the genre. Yeah. Or not the genre, the, the media type of film. And we're going off of that and kind of using those conventions that have been, because they're working. Yeah. On it, like, we don't need to challenge that. And the ones that are challenging that are the indie films that come straight out of college that fucking suck that yeah. nobody wants to watch and they're messing with things and I get so it so you really can't make a great movie unless you put enough money into it right all these indie films all these low budget all these college people that are coming you out they don't have fucking money it's been they really don't I mean, it's, I mean it's it's and if even if you go to television like the first episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia was recorded on show. an iPhone really? but it costs a million dollars to make that go onto TV but it was on an iPhone because that's what they had for cameras. But obviously, putting that through all the system and getting it to Comedy Central, getting it to TV. How did it go from a fucking iPhone camera to a full fledged TV show so fast? Well, b- because you always you pitch a pilot. You, so what they pitched the pilot, recorded it on the iPhone, but had no money to. Yeah, they were like, and the studios were like, "Yeah, this is fucking, this is funnier than everybody else. We'll put your pilot episode on, and obviously then, with your iPhone." Yeah, they give them the budget after that. To start going and going, but then you can easily see how from seasons three to four, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia, they kicked up to HD cameras. They probably had $25,000 differences on their cameras. Yeah. Those shows are shot with one camera. Yeah. That's cheap. It's crazy. It's an iPhone's like $1,000, so like that's kind of like yeah. $1,000. I mean, like, that's pretty and good. think you about know what that. I mean? That was in 2010. Oh, fuck. Then. So I mean, look, go back and watch Flip the first phone, episode of fucking it's Razor, sunny. dude. Yeah, go back and watch the first episode it's of It's Always Sunny, and it's grainy. It's uh, Hulu. Hulu, it's on there. 